Welcome to the official Jets podcast. We are presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. Eric Allen in studio with my teammate, LeJay Doosable. Doos, where are the Jets right now after five games as they enter their bye weekend? Well, this is a team that continuously fights hard week in and week out. But as far as the execution, they have to progress in, in that area. And in our offense, they have to start, start off a lot faster. Mm. Like only six plays in the first quarter this past week versus the Atlanta Falcons is not going to get it done. Also, I would say that the receivers have had some issues catching the football. That's another area they need to work on. And then finding a way to, to get Zach going early and often in the game and him being able to make the easy throws and routine throws at pivotal parts in the game. If you look at last week, um, right before you know the, the fourth quarter ends, the third and eight, he has a chance to end the game on a simple out route to Corey Davis. He sails the ball on him. And then also in overtime, and the cross, uh, Ryan Griffin's coming back across yep. the formation. He hits him in stride with the football. That's a touchdown. The game is over. And then last week versus the Atlanta Falcons, on a screenplay to Jamison Crowder, his footwork was all over the place, didn't really set his feet, skips the ball to Jamison Crowder, which potentially would have been an explosive play or a touchdown. So we know he can make the off-platform throws. We, we know he can throw the ball down the field. But he has to be able to, to realize that I have to set my feet, take a deep breath, and just make the simple and easy throws. And then on defense, it's all about situational football, knowing what teams are trying to do to you on defense um, uh, versus Tennessee Titans, man. Second and long, third and long, alert screen. Mm-hmm. You have to be alert to screen and draw, especially when your defensive line is hunting the quarterback as well as it's been hunting it. You got to know teams are going to want to slow you down. So Atlanta didn't throw too many screens. They threw about two or three screens, <coughs> excuse me, this past week. But what they did, instead of running draws, they run trap plays, which are extensions of draws, mm. to slow the defensive line down. So you have to realize, on second and long, teams want to get back on track. They're going to run screens at you. They're going to run trap plays at you. They're going to run draw at you. So just be aware. Situational football. And then third and 13, cover two. Bryce Hall has a realize, yes, I'm playing short to deep there, but you also have to hug your man because – Matt Ryan had made a day of just getting the ball out of his hand, throwing quick slant routes. I think only one line. pass over 20 yards. Yes, exactly. And that was the week before versus the Washington football team. He had, had only one pass that traveled over 20 air yards. So you have to realize he's going to get his ball to his playmakers in space as quick as possible. So right there, with him in the safety right there, I believe it was Wilson, they have to talk about that. And they have to shrink the field down for that receiver. You can't give him that much space. You can't give up third and 13. And then, I believe on third and two, they ran stack with Cordell Patterson. They ran it earlier in the game. Hmm. Matt Ryan takes the ball, just throws it right to him on a quick screen. He falls forward for a first down. So you have to realize in those situations what teams are trying to do to do to you. So you have to understand situational football in our offense. We just have to start a lot faster each game. All right. Brian Baldinger is going to join us this week, yeah. and he's always awesome with his insight. <laughs> what do you think about Robert Sala bringing up Josh Allen this week in terms of his first five games in the NFL in the same breath of Zach Wilson because the point there on a larger level is it's not easy to play as a rookie quarterback in the National Football League and now everybody's talking about Josh Allen in elite terms. Yeah it's not easy to play as a rookie period no matter what position you're in but more specifically at the quarterback position and fans and, and people have gotten so enamored with you know um, Justin Herbert from the Chargers, also Russell Wilson coming in, 
and Lamar Jackson and um, even Patrick Mahomes, who didn't play his first rookie year. year. Yep. But they have to realize that the situation these kids were in were a lot different than most of the quarterbacks that get drafted in the top ten. Now, Herbert situation is a little different. He was drafted in the top ten, but the Chargers, I believe, were a playoff team the year before and just got killed with injuries that year, lost a lot of close games. But if you look at the offensive weapons at his disposal, you're talking about Austin Eckler, you're talking about Keenan Allen, you're talking about Mike Williams, and then they added Jared Cook this yep. year. This is, And then they had Hunter Henry, who they lost in free agency. So this is a guy that had weapons on offense. Yes, his offensive line struggled last year, but what did they do to rectify that this year? They went and got Corey Lindsley, made him the highest-paid center, drafted Slater at the left tackle position. So now he's got a good offensive line and weapons. So coaching and culture matters, and it takes time to build that up. Usually when you take a quarterback in the top three, it's because your culture hasn't been really good. It's because you don't have the playmakers on offense and defense. So it takes time. So people have to stop getting enamored with the exception and not the rule because if you look at a guy like – Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, these guys struggled. Josh Allen struggled. Patrick Mahomes didn't even play his rookie year. So just take a step back, realize that, you know, for most of these rookies, they've all struggled this year. If you talk about Justin Fields, you're talking about Trevor Lawrence, um, they've all, even Mac Jones has struggled, you know. So that is usually what happens to rookie quarterbacks. That's not the exception, that is the rule. So it takes time for young quarterbacks to develop. Like, usually it's a process like four to five years. Most quarterbacks don't hit their stride until like 26, 27, 28. So Zach Wilson's what, only 22 years old? 22 years He's old. He's a young kid. He's going to be a good player, but it's going to take time for him to, to process the offense and to read defenses and to be able to take that next step to be an elite quarterback. He's got some electricity to his game. Our buddy Bart Scott compared it to Steph Curry shooting those <laughs> yeah. step-back threes from anywhere on the court because – he has the arm strength to get the ball anywhere, but let's talk about free throws and, and layups. Layups. Okay. Yeah. Layups, so, so layups and free throws win you the game now. Now, how does he get to a point where consistently he's making those happen? Because if you let those yeah. get away, then you're off schedule. When you're off schedule, that means the defense is on the exactly. field and you're not playing complimentary football. <laughs> it's about execution and mechanics. And, and I talked about it, the screen pass on second – down to, to Jamison Crowder this, this past week versus the Atlanta Falcons. Like, his footwork was all over the play on that play. And you have to realize you have to use your mechanics every single play. Even on screen plays when you're getting the ball out as quick as possible out of your hand, you have to set your feet and let that back leg go and let the football go. Your, your foot can't be dragging when you're throwing that ball because that's what happens. You skip the ball. You got to also have the same confidence you have when you're rolling and playing off platform to throw the ball down the field. Have that same confidence when you're throwing an out route to Corey Davis. Have that same confidence when you're throwing a check down. Have that same confidence when you're throwing a dig to Keelan Allen. Like the footwork and the mechanics have to be there, play in and play out. And you have to execute. We know this is a timing-based offense built off a lot of trust. So when that back foot hits, throw the ball. Perfect example on that third and two in overtime versus Tennessee Titans on that corner route from Keenan Allen. His back foot hit, and that was an amazing throw. Tight rope to in between the numbers and the sideline. So Keelan Cole dro dropping Dra the basket. Exactly. Toe drag swag. Not a lot of quarterbacks are making that throw. This week on the out route to Keenan Allen, he was late. He hits with the ball. And then he, he'll learn, and he has learned in the NFL, that DBs and safeties run a lot faster than the football. In college, it might have been a different story. But if you're late with the football on out routes, those are potential pick sixes in the NFL. And so is that a trust thing? Because Cole's open on that play. But – 
he, he waits a little bit, and then by that time, it's an interception. And I think it's a trusting and it's a mentality thing for yeah. Zach because if you look at some of his interceptions, right, one was an out route to Elijah Moore. Uh, uh, J.C. Jackson undercuts that yep. on a pick, on a dig on a uh, dig route to Corey Davis. He, he kind of hitched with the ball, and then Justin Simmons came and picked it up. So he has to realize every time I hitch with this ball, it's a potential interception. So I got to have the confidence and know that when my receiver – before he comes out of that break, I'm letting this ball go. And it's either going to be an incomplete pass or it's going to my receiver. But I'm not going to hitch because I know for sure if I hitch with the ball, it's going to be an interception. A uh, final thing before we get to Baldy. Uh, Robert Sala told me last week, you typically don't like a buy this early. Yeah. But in terms of your rookie quarterback, maybe this is a good time for him to take thing. a step back. Well, not only for the rookie quarterback, if you look at the injuries the Jets have had yeah. at the safety position, uh, Marcus May's been hurt. Uh, LaMarcus Joyner's out. Even Adrian Colbert. Those are your top three safeties. All three of them are out right now. And then we, we know we lost – I mean, we just lost Carl Lawson earlier in the season. And then Makai Becton, you get one week closer to him getting back. And Jared Davis supposedly has the potential to maybe come back after the bye week. So, yes, I was on a team that played in London and after week four had a bye, and I was kind of mad about it because I was like, this is way too early in the season. But when you're coming from overseas and you, your body's all over the place because of jet lag, sometimes it's good to reset the body, get ready for this long stretch run of, what is it, 12 straight games yep. in a row, and, and, and get your mentality back right and self-scout yourself and see what I need to work on, what can I do better, especially when you have a young team like this. It's all about self-scouting yourself and realizing if we really want to progress, we cannot continue to make the same mistakes. So we need to look at the film and see what adjustments we need to do coming out of this bye week to not continue to make the same mistakes. We're not going to make any mistakes. Let's bring in Brian Baldinger. WinBet is now live in New Jersey, and they're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports, from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. They have what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $500 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. WinBet, an official sportsbook and gaming partner of the New York Jets. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in New Jersey. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117. Let's bring in Brian Baldinger. Baldy, what's going on in the lab today? Well, I was watching uh, Lamar Jackson last night. And, mm. you know, people, you know, just because I know where everybody wants to talk about quarterbacks, but people always want to write what a quarterback is like. They, they want to write his epitaph right now, you know, and Lamar just keeps getting better. Like forget about the, the numbers and the touchdowns and the yards. Like that guy carved up the Colts last night from the pocket going through progressions. I mean, it was play after play where he fights the urge now just to go run. Now, the line did a good job. The, the defensive line of the Colts got tired, but he stayed right there. And he'd go left, right, middle, come back. The touchdown to Mark Andrews for four yards, that was his fourth read. You know, I mean, the Colts did a good job of taking everything away. And it's just a good – it's a good tape to watch for anybody that thinks that, like, these guys reach their ceilings in year four. Like, these guys – this guy – we haven't seen the best of Lamar yet, and that's what I'm looking at today. Yeah, yeah, Baldy. And it's funny that you said that because me and the AEA were just having a discussion that people are so enamored with Patrick Mahomes and, and Justin Herbert. Like, when did we, as a fan base in society, just start giving up on quarterbacks after year one and two? You know, speaking about Zach Wilson and other rookie quarterbacks that have struggled this year because that's usually what happens to rookie quarterbacks. Like, 
those other guys are the exception, not the rule. Well, you know what's interesting? Just to take Justin Herbert, for example. Like, they went out and got the best center in free agency, Corey Lindsley. He was the all-pro center last year. They went out with their first pick and drafted Rashawn Slater. To me, he's the offensive rookie of the year. I mean, he was fantastic against Miles Garrett on Sunday. So you, you, you upgrade the offense line. You go get yourself Jared Cook. I mean, that guy, Jared Cook's going to beat one-on-one coverage about against just about anybody. Then you have Michael Williams, and you have Keenan Allen, and Austin Eck. Like, he's got real talent. Yeah. And then you bring in a bright coach with a good plan, and you're like, he's like he had a good year last year, but now he's just taking off. And he's winning these games, but he's not doing it by himself. He's got a tremendous supporting cast. And, you know, same thing with Josh Allen. You, you go out and you draft these guys, and then you never stop building around them. You never stop upgrading to make it as, you know, as, not as easy, but you allow them to grow, you know, and it doesn't feel like they have to do it all by themselves all the time. Cause that's how it was in San Francisco last week. Poor kid, Trey Lance. I mean, I, I don't know what they were doing in San Francisco. They, they thought he was yeah. Cam Newton. Like <laughs> you're going to ruin quarterbacks like that. Same thing. Chicago did the same thing against Cleveland. And then they yeah. backed off with Justin Fields. And they've now built smart game plans, and they're playing good defense, but they built smart game plans around Justin to really limit the number of hits and the number of things that that they're asking him to do, which is just smart football. Yeah, and you bring up a great point, Baldy, and I want you to really um, tell the people like how important coaching is and how coaching matters and also the system and the culture that you have because a lot of the quarterbacks that I talked about, you know, Patrick Mahomes, went to a system that the culture was already ready for him to become the starter. If you look at Justin Herbert, they struggled the year that they drafted him, but that team was a playoff team a couple of years before that. And they had the weapons that you talked about as Austin Eckler. They had Mike Williams on the outside, Keenan Allen, a defense that was really good. And then even Andrew Luck, like the year that he came in after Peyton Manning was hurt, you know, they routinely went to the playoffs. So I think you preaching about like how coaching matters. I don't think fans understand like, when certain rookie quarterbacks go into a system, if a guy's drafted one, two, or three, it's usually because that team hasn't been really good. So they don't have the, the pivotal pieces around them to build. Herbert was the exception because the Chargers lost a lot of close games, had a lot of injuries, but they had the pieces on offense that can compete with everybody else. No doubt about it. No question. And, you know, even if you take Patrick Mahomes, you know, him yeah. sitting in 2017 behind Alex Smith, I mean, they were a playoff team. Exactly. They playoffs with Alex Smith. You know, I mean – Tyreek Hill was there and, you know, Travis Kelsey was there. I mean, they, they already had a good offensive line, a proven coach, a great, great play caller. You know, they had a lot of pieces there. And so you have to look deeper, you know, and you're right though. Coaching is the difference in this business. Good coaching can make a, a player. It can make a team. It can make a system. Bad coaching can sink good players. We see that all the time. And sometimes we never find out if a player could have been or what he could have been. You know, they, they get damaged so quickly. Like, who knows if David Carr could have been a really good player? You know, I mean, he was sacked 73 times in one year. And, you know, you felt like, like you know, he, he got damaged early. And then they, you know, they just could never build around him. So you, the, the coaching is huge. And I say this all the time. Like, it's harder to replace good coaches than it is good players. And so when you get good coaches and you keep losing them because you're winning, 
Like, that's difficult. Like, the Tampa Bay Bucks win it all last year. They didn't lose one coach. Yeah. You know, and so, so uh, and, and they had a lot of coaches, Todd Bowles. I mean, there was a lot of guys in that staff that could have easily gone on and been a head coach and worthy head coaches. But, you know, they they were able to keep them. And, and that's a big part of their success this year right now. So, two qu- I mean, one question that I want both of your opinions on, what – does Zach Wilson have to do in order to, to show improvement over the last 12 games? And also to both of your points here, how can the Jets help him? What do they have to do to put him in a better spot so he's ordered to take those so he's able to take those strides? Well, I think you know, every good quarterback needs a good offensive line and a running game. I don't care who you are. You know, I mean, Aaron Rodgers isn't doing it by himself. Um, you know, Aaron Jones is a heck of a player. Um, you know, they've got certain guys that just can match up against anybody, um, you know, and win. And in, in situations at third down, you got to keep the ball, got to keep possessions, fourth downs, red zone. So to, to me, what they need to do with New York, I mean, it'd be great to get Makai healthy and in shape because he was neither to start this season. So, but, you know, if you put him and you, I know you guys have watched, but Oliver Tucker is going to be a really good player. He's a good player mm-hmm. now. He had a great game on Sunday. Um, but if you could start building that line where they line up every Sunday, you know, and have a chance and, you know, put George Fant or Morgan Moses in a better position or the swing tackle where they can bring him in to run the ball better. Like those kind of things could really help Zach Wilson. I mean, you could see him like even against Tennessee, the plays he made to win the game or what his talent is, but those things can't be, you can't rely on that every week. Like that's just not doable. Like you've got to be able to move the ball consistently, you know, and steadfastly down the field. Uh, The big plays will happen when you can secure the line of scrimmage and, you know, you could give your quarterback time and he's not getting hit early in these games. So Makai could be a big part of it. And then just, you know, look, Michael Carter is a good player. He's not hes not going to be the bell cow, but he can be a really good one-two punch with another guy, you know? And so, and then just building timing with these guys. I mean, threw a ball to Denzel Mims. I don't know what Denzel's going to be. It'd be good to see him on the field and out there, but he made a good play the other day. It'd be good just to see a receiving core line up every single week the way we, we talked about the Chargers. I mean, Michael Williams and Keenan – Allen and, you know, Jared Cook and Austin Echo, they've lined up every single week, all five weeks. They're, they're, they're supporting cast of Justin Herbert has been out there every single game. Uh, Jalen Guyton. I mean, every single game those guys have been out there. So it's good that you can practice together and then take what you get in practice to the field every week. And the Jets just – they haven't been able to do that with Zach yet. Yeah, where can he get better? What's on him, and then also yeah. how can the Jets around him, including the coaching staff and his players on yeah. offense, help him out a little bit? Well, I think Baldy hit it right on the head. You have to run the ball effectively, and and also you have to string together drives. Like you can't get better on offense if you're only playing six plays in the first quarter. Like you have to get first downs for your team to get better. You have to get that repetition. But starting with running the ball effectively, like that's how you take a lot off a young quarterback. Run the ball effectively and then also when it's simple and routine throws Zach Wilson has to be able to make it we know 
that he can make the off-platform throws. And Baldy just talked about that. Like, that's the skill set that he has. We know he can do that. But you can't live and feast off of that on offense no. because it's not real offense. Like, that's not a play. That's him just going out there playing backyard football. So, as far as the simple plays, and, and I know you saw the game, Baldy, like the screen pass to Jamison Crowder on second down with three minutes left in the, the second quarter. Like, you got to go through your mechanics and put that back foot down, get that ball out to him in space because he had two blockers. That potentially is an explosive play or a touchdown. If we go back the week before to the Tennessee Titans, he has a chance to end the game on third and eight on the out route to Corey Davis. Yep. Davis has three or four yards of separation. He sells the ball. Like you have to take strides as a young quarterback in making those simple routine plays, especially at pivotal points in the game. So if he can do that and LaFleur can help him a little bit, right? I, I say we don't have the big receivers besides Denzel Mims. So lining them up in butt sets, getting some crossing patterns, getting some combination routes. That way the kid has some easy throws even some RPOs because he is an athletic guy getting him on the edge a little bit more with boots and sprints. I think that'll help him in the long run too, but he also has to make the pivotal and easy throws mm -hmm. at the pivotal points in the game. Like we yeah, we know you can throw it for 50, 60 yards, but can you throw this, you know, eight yard out route? Can you, can you throw a simple screenplay and hit your receiver in the hands? Well, I, I think that I, I agree with you completely, Leger, but I, I think, these young quarterbacks, any quarterback, I don't care what the name of the back of the jersey is. If you hit these guys early, like the mechanics that you're talking about, man, it's it's just hard. I mean, you just see it all the time. You see it with these guys that, you know, when they get hit early and get hit hard, like they're not staying in there and setting their feet and making these throws. They're just, they're just going to whirly bird it and just let it fly out of their hands. And they, they got to know. I mean, that's the best thing about Justin Herbert right now is he really feels – like his backside is protected. He'll take off and, and, and run when he has to. But he really feels that with Matt Filer and, and Rashawn Slater on his backside, that he's got an extra tick to step up, set his feet, and make a good throw. And that's just a, a comfort that some quarterbacks have, a lot don't. And mm -hmm. I feel like Zach needs that. I, all quarterbacks need it. But I think Zach has been hit hard a lot. And I think – that would help him with the mechanics. And I think he knows what he needs to do to make good throws and consistent throws to move those chains that you discuss. Yeah, I think the protection's gotten better over time. And you talked about Elijah Vera Tucker. Um, what have you seen from him over the last couple games in terms of his growth? Because the Jets were stoked to move up in the draft in order to get him. I thought he was the cleanest offensive line prospect coming out. Uh, what have you seen from him, Baldy? Really, uh, the, the whole package. You know, he's got real power. He can move bodies. That's the big thing. Mm -hmm. You know, when he hits people, he moves people. I don't care if it's, you know, Grady Jarrett, you know, or if it's Deion Jones, just going back to last week. When he hits them, he moves them. That's number one. Number two, he's got great hands. So when he gets his hands on people, like he's he's driving a car. He's just steering you. That's great. You know, and then he plays with awareness, you know, whether it's stunts or whether it's getting to the second level in the run game with the proper angle so that, you know, Michael Carter could cut off him. I mean, a lot of the most of the runs that went for any distance over five, six yards were over to the left side the other day. Yep. Um, you know, you, you see that. And even the cutback runs are cutting back behind him. So I see all of that. And then, you know, even the trap where he went and he hit, you know, Dante Fowler, he flipped him upside down. Like he's got. He's got heavy hands. He's got good power. He's got a good base. He's not off balance, and he's not on the ground. 
you go find me a play where number 75 is on the ground. He's on his feet. I mean, it's it's pretty easy to sell Oliveira Tucker after the first five weeks right now to me. Yeah, Baldy, I've loved his, his progress, especially since week one versus the Carolina Panthers. I, he's trending in the right direction. Let's talk about another guy that me and you were very high on coming into this season, John Franklin Myers. I mean, what have you seen from him on tape? You know, a lot of people don't know his name because he's not a really big name, but this guy gets it done every Sunday. Well, you know, pass rushers are are made. They're not they're not born. You're not born a pass rusher. You got to learn how to rush the passer. And so, you know, he had a year with in with the Rams, maybe being around Aaron Donald and watching him work probably rubbed off on him. But you know, he's got a plan. He's rushing on the edge. He's got counter moves. He's got a good takeoff, a really good takeoff. Yeah. He can beat you inside or outside. You know, those are kind of things that you're looking at. So to me, can you consistently get close to the quarterback? Like, it's one thing to go get five sacks. All right, that's great. But, like, did you just have five good rushes? Like, I'm looking for a consistent rush where you can consistently, you know, when you freeze it, when the quarterback's releasing the ball, you're either at the quarterback or near him. And when I watch, you know, 91, that that's who he is. And so – uh, you know, they, they've done some things now. You know, they, they brought some blitzes, which has allowed him to, you know, either go inside or run some stunts. Like, I, I think we're looking at a guy that's in, still in his infancy. Like, he can yeah. be a steady, you know, double-digit sack guy, which is good. But, like, 10 sacks, you know, out of 1,100 plays, Leger isn't, you know, to me. This isn't crazy, it, yeah. It, it's not that great. Like, I want to see a guy that can consistently – flush the quarterback, get close to the quarterback, crush a pocket. You know, and that's what I'm looking for from John Franklin Myers, and I think that's what the Jets are looking for. A final question here. The Jets have been very encouraged by the play of the young cornerbacks. What do you think about Bryce Hall fitting into this system? Five PDs over the last two weeks. Yeah, you know, he had his hands on a ball, too, the other day. He made a great break in his own coverage. Uh, when Matt Ryan got flushed, and he threw it, you know, from, a, you know, from the far hash. He had both hands on it. I thought it was going to be a pick. But, you know, look, he's to me, I, you know, look, it'd be great to go out there and, and be, you know, trapped in the top 10 and get one of these guys, J.C. Horn or Patrick Stan. That, you know, that that's great. But players need a chance to develop and learn the game. You know, Bryce Hall, before he, you know, had the injured foot at Virginia, was what you're looking for, a big, tall, corner, athletic, smart, you know, and I, that's what I see from him, a guy that, you know, has played man coverage, can play off, um, can tackle. You know, it's I, I want my corners to be able to tackle. Um, you know, he's he they they put him in the blitz game, you know, he's come off the edge. Uh, I, I'm encouraged by everything I see from Bryce Hall. Like I think he has a chance to be a really good player. Sometimes you find him in the fifth round. Uh it's easy to go find these guys in the top 10, top 15 picks. But you know, you, you gotta allow these guys to play and develop. And I feel like the more Bryce plays, the better he's going to get. Great stuff as always, Baldy. Um, I would say enjoy your bye week, but Baldy <laughs> never has a bye week. <laughs> My bye week comes in February. Uh, I'll, I I'll hear be, that. I'll be ready to enjoy it then. Maybe I'll go free diving with Leger here. Maybe he's going to yeah, Baldy. We got to get down there in Florida and go, yeah. go free diving. That's it. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Okay, you. guys, take care, man.
WinBet is now live in New Jersey, and they're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports, from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. They have what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. WinBet, an official sportsbook and gaming partner of the New York Jets. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in New Jersey. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117. Great stuff, as always, from Brian Baldinger. Uh, when you look at the defensive side of the ball, you touched upon it in our opening segment. The juggling at safety, how yeah. has this impacted the defense? Because that was the first game where we really saw a team be highly efficient in the red area and on third down against the Jets that game in, uh, in London against Atlanta. Yeah, when you talk about the juggling act at the safety, well, usually one of your safeties is the quarterback of the secondary, and he relays the coverages and everything to everybody. So Marcus May being out really hurt the Jets in that aspect because he was that communicator, that safety blanket in the back end. And then even Adrian Colbert coming in, a guy that's comfortable in the system that played with Robert Sala at San Francisco, he was a guy that was being able to relay certain things too. But now you got him out, May out, and then you lose LaMarcus Joyner in the first game. So everybody that you would probably depend on to communicate is out. Because, they love you know, LaMarcus Joyner. They yeah. loved what he was going to do on this de- in this defense because yeah. they're going to bring him back and essentially make him the nickel. Exactly. They can make him the nickel. He, he's a guy that can drop in the box and keep Marcus May deep in the post. But also they're interchangeable because both of these guys have cover skills and they can play the ball. If you talk about LaMarcus Joyner, he made his way as a corner and a nickel first. So you know he's got cover skills. And then we know Marcus May can cover really well, especially over tight ends. That is what he's known to do. So that tandem would have been monumental for this defense. But having both of them out really hurts the defense. So as far as having that communicator in the back end, especially with a young secondary, like that hurts this Jets defense, not having those guys out there. So the good news, though, is Marcus May might be back for the Patriots game after the bye. Let's move up a level, talk about the linebacker position. C.J. Mosley has played great ball uh, in his return to the lineup. Mm -hmm. Uh, Quincy Williams looks like a fine. Now if Jerry Davis is ready to go after the bye, how do you envision the linebacker unit looking like? Well, Robert Sala already came out and said when Jared Davis is 100% healthy and he's got his wind back up up under him, his legs back up under him, he will go right back to his starter reps. So to me, I like Quincy Williams and maybe moving him to the Sam because he's a physical guy. So that way you don't put so much on Jamie and Sherwood as a rookie. And then you get help at special teams because you're interchanging both of those guys, which means they'll be both back on special teams. So special teams unit has played really well this year, but now you get two special team aces back on your coverage teams, on your return teams. So it only helps the team even more with Jared Davis coming back, going to his natural will position. <coughs> Excuse me. And then you're having, you know, Sherwood and, and maybe Quincy Williams share time at the Sam position. So, you know, C.J. Mosley has been the mainstay. He's been playing at a Pro Bowl level. So now you're talking about finally getting some depth back, right? Yeah. And that's what we talked about. So many injuries is the depth has been tested so early. So when Jared Davis gets back, you're talking about having depth and being able to be interchangeable and that with this defense that's how Robert Sala is you have to know probably all three linebacker positions to be interchangeable in this defense because the way he blitzes guys you have to know multiple positions because he likes to move guys around based on their skill set Jets defense still even after giving up 450 yards against Atlanta they're top 10 in the NFL mm. in yards per play 
So listen, they did a really good job over the course of those first five games, especially the first four. What do you think about what's ahead for the Jets after the bye in terms of the schedule? You're at yeah. New England, mm -hmm. then Joe Burrow and Cincinnati are coming to MetLife Stadium. You have a short week. You play against the Colts, Indianapolis yeah. Colts, who, wow, they gave one away in my book against Baltimore. Yeah, <laughs> and then you're facing a Buffalo team who might be in contention for being the top team in the AFC. Yeah, to, to me, it's not even about the schedule anymore. It's yep. about this Jets team and trying to figure out their identity on offense and then just being more consistent on defense. And, and I talked about self-scouting yourself and realizing that if we really want to progress, we cannot continue to make the same mistakes. We can't continue to start the game off slow on offense on defense. We have to realize situational football and what teams are trying to do, what how they're trying to put us in the bind. So those are the things they have to work on during this bye and as they get ready to play to the New England Patriots, a team that I felt that they out-physicaled the first time around and had they a chance did. to win the game. The big thing in that game was the turnovers. You can't have four interceptions and win a game. So you can't continue to make the same mistakes. You have to self-scout yourself this week. And moving forward, it's not even about the schedule. It's about the Jets pro progressing week in and week out. And two things that I really look at when I look at that EA is third down efficiency on offense and defense, and then also red zone efficiency yeah. on offense and defense. That's how you kind of measure how your team is playing and if they're really progressing throughout the year. If you take us back to your playing days, where was your favorite bye week <laughs> destination? What would you do? And the Jets are so young. What kind yeah. of advice would you give a guy who is going on their bye right now? Yeah, yeah. because of what's going on with COVID, and I wouldn't do too much yep. on this bye. Like, I would just literally go home and get away from football. There's times where at the early bye week, like in 2015, when – I was with the Jets and we went to London. We had it after week four. So, I mean, I was mad because I was like, this is really early. But then I was also happy because of the time change and everything. And it literally took me about three or four days on the bye week to get myself back into normal routine. So, take care of your body, man, as far as your acupuncture, massage, and everything, chiropractic work. Get that done. Watch film, man. Really self scout yourself and be accountable to yourself. Realize, well, I made a mistake on this play, but I bet you next week I'm not going to continue to make the same mistake and then come back with energy right because the buy is so early you got 12 straight weeks and a lot of teams have a low especially starting games coming off the buy the Jets can't afford that we've seen the first couple of weeks when they start slow they don't have a chance to win the game or it's really st strenuous on this team so come back do not start the game slow come back with energy come back refreshed come back ready to work uh, crazy times in the football world when Alabama goes down on Saturday Man. night, and then the Kansas City Chiefs are two in three. What is on tap for your weekend ahead, football-wise? Uh, man, uh, so the Jets are off this weekend, so I'll be watching a lot of football. And, and the, thing, the funny thing that you said about the Kansas City Chiefs, and um, I do some work with some other media outlets, and I've said this for the longest. The, the, the issue, yes, they have an issue on defense for Kansas City, but the main issue to me as far as their offense is they don't have a viable number two receiver. Like, there's nobody else that Travis, I mean, that Patrick Mahomes trusts besides Travis Kelsey and Tariq Hill. And when teams play that too high safety look and they play two man with it, with one of the safeties dropping down as a, in a, on a bracket guy where they bracket Tariq Hill or Travis Kelsey, then the third receiver doesn't step up for the Kansas City Chiefs. And also, teams are forcing them to run the football, and the Kansas City Chiefs have not been able to run the football. And then Clyde Edwards Elaire gets hurt, so now mm -hmm. they're down a running back. So if you're the Kansas City Chiefs, you have to change your mentality. As yeah. So what's as, the counter? Because everybody's yeah, going to play coverage. Exactly. So you four, have to right? change your mentality of always trying to throw the ball down the field. You have to take what the defense is giving you. 
kind of like Aaron Rodgers did versus the, the Detroit Lions, right? They were playing that two safety look. Well, we're going to pound the, the ball with Aaron Jones until you stop it and get out of that two safety yeah. look. We're going to methodically drive the ball down your field. So this is where you got to have 10, 12, 14 play drives of, you know, three, years, three yards here, four yards here, five yards here, until you force teams to get out of that too high safety look. And right now the Chiefs are not doing that. They're, they're pressing and trying to force the ball down the field. And Buffalo Bills and Leslie Frazier did a magnificent job saying, we're going to keep playing this too high safety look. You're going to have to run the football. We know our offense is going to score. So are you going to be dis- zero times. Are you going to be disciplined enough to methodically move the ball down the field and they work? Yeah. And with a league like that, then you're forced to start th- trying to force the ball down the field. So they played right into what the Buffalo Bills wanted them to do. And we saw that the Baltimore Ravens did the same thing too. Albeit they got a big fumble recovery late in that game because Edward Zulair fumbled the ball, but they did the same thing versus them. So you can't blitz Patrick Mahomes because that's where he kills you. But if you force him to methodically move the ball down the field and force him to run the football, then you see some chinks in the armor. Yeah, things can change. In the football landscape, both yeah. in the National Football League and in college. college. It was a crazy college weekend this past oh, weekend. Oh, my God. But you're doing something Saturday, right? Are you covering a game on Saturday? No, I actually don't have a oh, game okay. this All Saturday. Right. This is the first Saturday I don't have a game. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I guess I'm on a miniature buy. Okay. I mean, I still have to work Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And uh, so Sunday, this will be the first Sunday I could actually watch football because the Jets don't play and I do the pre- and post-game. I'll be able to watch some, some football. Yeah, and you can watch Jets game day with Robert Sala. That is still airing this week yep. on CBS. That is at 11.30 Eastern, as always. For LeJay Doosable, I'm Eric Allen. We'll see you next week.